following message is presented by Erie Evangelical Free Church in Erie, Illinois. We are a church that exists for the good of our community and are proud to share the gospel of Jesus Christ as we seek to know Him and make Him known. You all know, and I've told you many times, that we spent a lot of the last year adding a room above our, our garage. And it was, it was quite a task, and um, it's kind of a combination. Well, it was supposed to be a studio. And it's become a combination living room, family room, and studio. And, and uh, the downside of the whole thing is there are 15 steps that you have to navigate to get up to it. Now, 30 or 40 years ago, hey, no big deal, right? I'm not a kid anymore. And those steps are sometimes hard work. But I don't mind I don't mind because I know what's at the end of those steps. I know what's waiting for me, a room full of guitars and, and stuff. And, and, you know, it's just wonderful. And that's really the way life is as well, isn't it? Sometimes it seems like we're on an uphill climb. But if we as people of faith know where this journey is taking us, It's not a labor. I mean, yeah, there's times it's not easy, but we know where the journey is taking us. As the body of Christ, we know what waits at the end of this journey. However long it takes, and we don't know, not a single person in here can tell me with certainty how long your life is going to run. And that's okay. The climb is important. Spiritually, this climb is, is important. To understand that, again, as a Christian, we know how it ends. We know where it ends. And if you were to ask any, any Christian in any church, anybody you know, would just say, hey, where, where is your journey leading? And quite often you're going to get a response, well, hey, of course I know where our journey's going. I know I'm going to go to heaven. And, and that's a great answer, the right answer. If you have surrendered your life by faith to the one and only one who can save you, that's true. It doesn't mean that you've memorized the book of Revelation. It doesn't mean that you belong to a church. It doesn't matter that you've been baptized. None of this stuff matters. What matters, one and only thing that matters. 1 John 5, 12, he who has a son has what? Life. He who does not have the son does not have life. God doesn't give us a lot of options. There are not multiple roads. The journey for the believer is one journey and one only, and that is to live for Jesus and to die for Jesus. So have you done that? Have you surrendered your life fully to Jesus? That's the question. Always. We always hold out before you. In this Church, we always hold out the gospel because that's what we are called to do. Paul, when he wrote to the Philippians, he said, uh, do everything without grumbling and complaining. 
As you hold out, he says, as you hold out the word of life, you shine like stars in the universe. That's what we do. That's what you're called to do. So, heaven is the end of our journey. And that should bring joy. At least a smile. So are you, what about here and now? What about this day, this moment? Where has your journey brought you to at this point? And has it been a journey of joy? Let me ask you a couple questions. We did this downstairs on a different matter, but I love to ask questions and make you think. So I want you to close your eyes and think about you. This is about you. Ask yourself this simple question. Am I really and truly a thankful person? Okay, now keep your eyes closed. Ask yourself this question. Am I, am I a joyful person? Really, truly joyful. Okay, you can open your eyes. Now I want you to think about that. If you answered yes to one, but not the other, I got, I got bad news. You're lying to yourself. Because you can't be one without the other. You cannot be a grateful person and not be a joyful person. You cannot be a joyful person and not be a grateful person. They go hand in hand. This week we're talking about Thanksgiving, and, and this is not rocket science, people. I'm not, the, I'm not the smartest person in the world, but I can understand this, that you have to have both. One brings the other. So let's run this in reverse. Football terms, we're going to run in reverse here. If you're a miserable person, it's because you're an ungrateful person. If you're an ungrateful person, you will be a miserable person. Okay, now I've made you all mad. Let's, let's turn this around. We need joy in our lives, don't we? We need to be grateful people. We need to be thankful. Those are tangible things in your life. They are visible things in your life. Those are the things that, that demonstrate to the world the presence of Jesus Christ in your life. I, I was thinking about this and, and an image, because uh, we saw this commercial. Any of you see these annoying commercials for like Medicare C or whatever it is? They're terrible, aren't they? Especially Martha. Uh, some of you know who I'm talking about. Martha, she is the epitome of a stereotype of old people. Grumpy, I want what I want, and I better get it. Come on, give me, give me, give me, give me. And she's not a person you're going to look at and say, oh, hey, she knows Jesus. <laughs> Are we? Am I? 
So how do we become grateful, joyful, productive, Christ-like people walking through an empty, Christless world? It can be done. It has been done. And I want you to see how it happens. If you would turn to Psalm 134. Father, uh, as we turn here, as we look at your word, uh, open it up. Just reveal yourself to us in a mighty way. Amen. I love this psalm because it is the final psalm of a series of psalms. And I've, I've spoken on this before, this, the psalms of ascent. And ascent simply means a, to climb. And there's 15 psalms, starting with Psalm 120, and, and there's a journey that you take as you read these psalms. And it's simple because, well, for, for a very tangible reason, Jerusalem sits on a hill. So those who would come to worship in Jerusalem, uh, to come to the feasts and festivals, they would have to climb up toward Jerusalem. They have to ascend to Jerusalem. But it's also a spiritual journey that's revealed here. And, and that's what I want us to see. There's a key that starts out, and we're going to start at the end, then we're going to go back and work our way through real quickly. But Psalm 134, I love this. Praise the Lord, all you servants of the Lord, who minister by night in the house of the Lord. Lift up your hands in the sanctuary and praise the Lord. May the Lord bless you from Zion, he who is the maker of heaven and earth. Wow. I love the, I love the psalm we read earlier, and it says, I will sing to the Lord all my life. I will sing to praise to my God while I live. May my meditation be pleasing to him. I will rejoice in the Lord. I, I love the way that ended as Kendall read it. May sinners vanish from the earth and wicked people be no more. My soul bless the Lord. And what was the last word? Hallelujah. Oh, come on. Hallelujah. Oh, that sounded good. Let's do that again. Ready? Here we go. Hallelujah. Oh, we need more of that. Don't be afraid to shout out a hallelujah when you hear something good. Three quick takeaways out of all of this. And, and again, thinking about Thanksgiving and being grateful, joyful people, the journey of joy. The first thing is this. We receive the blessing. We receive the blessing. In Psalm 120, and you don't have to turn there, I'm going to read quickly through this. In Psalm 120, where this whole journey starts, he says, In my distress I called to the Lord, and he answered me. In my distress. Now, those of you, how many of you came to faith later in life, say after 21? Okay. Yeah, you have a different perspective when, when you come to faith later, I think. I, I, I believe in youth ministry. I think it's wonderful to get our, get our kids committed to Christ early. I came to Christ at 27, as many of you know. That's a different, a, a different thing. And I remember those years. And, and I remember this process because for, uh, through my youth and teenage years and early years of, of marriage even, I was lost. I just didn't know I was lost. And then came that moment, and, and I don't know when or where it happened, but when I knew I was lost, but I suddenly, you know, I knew I was lost. You go from this not even understanding the idea of lostness to realizing something's wrong here. 
And it starts that, that journey. And, and then you go into we're lost, but we search the world to find an answer to our lostness, don't we? How many people do you know who, are, who struggle with life and they're looking for love in all the wrong places, as the old country song said? And then finally, we come to we are lost and we realize that Jesus is the answer. In my distress, he says, I called out to the Lord. I called out to the Lord. And guess what happened? God heard him. God answered his prayer. How many of you believe God answers prayer? Good. Every prayer? I struggle with that sometimes. Don't we? You struggle sometimes with you pray for something and you know, we pray for success. We pray for our children. We pray for a touchdown in the last seven seconds of a football game. We pray for the loved ones who are sick. Does God answer every prayer? He does. I was thinking about this, how Judy and I three times in the last 10 years have sat in hospital rooms with family. And we have prayed for healing. God didn't bring healing, but he answered our prayers. That's hard to understand. Does that make God... Cruel or uncaring just makes him God. In my distress, I called to the Lord, Psalm 120. In Psalm 121, then it says, now the journey starts to change. I lift up my eyes toward the mountain. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Now he knows where to look, at least. In Psalm 122, I love this. I rejoiced with those who said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. Do you do that? I love Sunday mornings. And, and, I, and I get the opportunity to go out and speak at other churches, and, and I love that too. But something always special about coming home. This has been home for 18 years. Psalm 125, those who trust in the Lord are like Mount Zion. It cannot be shaken, it remains forever. Now he's starting to see the fullness of God. Psalm 127, and if you're a parent, you've probably heard this one before. Unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it labor in vain. God has to be the foundation of our building. Psalm 130, or 128, I, this is great. How happy is everyone who fears the Lord, who walks in his ways. Now the joy is setting in. Lord, my heart, in Psalm 131, Lord, my heart is not proud. My eyes are not haughty. I do not get involved with things too great or too wondrous for me. Instead, I have calmed and quieted my spirit. Ah. <sighs> 
I love that one. Don't you? How many of us pray for a calm and quiet spirit? Try to do that Thursday with about 10 kids running around your living room. Just pray for a calm and quiet spirit. We're leaving town, so we don't care. Psalm 133, how good and pleasant it is when brothers live together in harmony. Well, what a message for the church, huh? I, I jotted down when I, this. There are, in the church, we got two kinds of people, okay? Pretty people, petty people. In the world, there are pretty people and there are petty people. It's okay to admit it. We struggle with those things. No church is perfect. Pretty people are simply the people that you look at and you see the beauty of Jesus in. It's not about them. We were talking about that downstairs. What would Jesus look like? I told them, I've searched YouTube. I don't find a single video. I, I hope he's better looking than me. doesn't matter. Does it? I think I've, I've shared this before. I was sitting in Charles de Gaulle Airport in Paris. I just love to say that. It makes me sound so important. <laughs> and <clears throat> I noticed two people walking toward me. And you could tell from a distance it was a man and a woman, and they were holding hands and just laughing and having the best time. And as they got close, and, and I, this may offend you that I say this, but as they got close and I could see them, they were two of the ugliest people I have ever seen on the planet. But there was a, the love just radiated. The love was, it was just amazing to see them. So what a journey of, of through these psalms. And what a blessing. Well, we receive that blessing. And we, get, we, we come to know security and confidence. Security of knowing we're protected. Confidence in knowing who we are. And a vision of why we are here as a church and why we are here as God's people. And that moves us then to the second thing, and i got to move right along here. We share the blessing. When we have received the blessing from God and we start to understand that joy and that passion, we share it. We can't keep quiet. Do you remember that? Those of us who came as adults to Jesus, our kids... You know, the kids do a wonderful job. Kids are wonderful that way. They, are, they don't care. You come, to, you come to Jesus at seven years, eight years old, they just love to talk about it. Us adults, well, we don't want to offend anybody. Last week, Jonathan wrapped up 2 Timothy, and in that passage, Paul writes about a man named Demas who had deserted him. And Why? since he loved this present world. That is our constant struggle, people. We are in this constant battle between the kingdom and the church. The kingdom and the world, I'm sorry. John wrote in 1 John chapter 2, the love, if anyone loves the world, he says, the love of the Father is not in him. 
I didn't say that. John did. We can't have it both ways. But if Jesus is truly Lord, we will let it show and we will let the world know. I had a friend who used to say it this way. In order for the glow to grow, it must flow. Some of us are old enough to remember this. It only takes a spark to get a fire going. Anybody remember that? That's how it is with God's love. Once you experience it, you spread his love to everyone. You want to pass it on. <laughs> oh, man, I'm old. <laughs> so, <laughs> The nice thing about being old is you don't care. Um, So we receive the blessing and we share the blessing and that leads us to Psalm 134. What happens when we've done all that? We return the blessing. And how do we return the blessing? That's called worship. That's what what the psalmist is doing in Psalm 134. Praise the Lord, all you servants. You who minister by night in the house of the Lord. That would have been an easy time. You know, you're doing the night shift. In the, in, in the temple and like it's quiet nobody's around he's saying praise the Lord and, and what that drew me to was the idea a couple things first Romans 12 1 and 2 let me read real quickly therefore brothers and sisters in view of the mercies of God I urge you to present your bodies as a living sacrifice holy and pleasing to God this is your true worship Did not be conformed to this age, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may discern what is the good, pleasing, and perfect will of God. We are living sacrifices. We are to worship in everything we do. Paul wrote to the Colossians. Let me read this, Colossians chapter 3, verses 12 through 17. Therefore, as God's chosen ones, holy and dearly loved, put on, uh uh-oh, compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, bearing with one another and forgiving one another if anyone has a grievance against another. Just as the Lord has forgiven you, so you are also to forgive. Above all, put on love, which is the perfect bond of unity. I love this part now. And let the peace of Christ, to which you were called in one body, rule in your hearts and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell richly among you in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another through psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. I'd love to preach on that one. Singing to God with gratitude in your hearts, and whatever you do, whatever you do, that's everything you do, in word or in deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, and how's it end? Giving thanks to God the Father through him. Hmm. Come, O Lord, stir up our hearts and call us back home. Make us joyful people. Make us people who who know you, who dig through your word every day, who come before you every day, 
and in every moment understand that our lives and everything that we are and everything that we have, everything that we hope to be, Father, we ask for open eyes that we might see, open hearts that we might understand, and open arms that we might be compassionate, caring, godly people in a lost world that needs to see Jesus. Let them see him through us. We give you praise. We thank you, Father. In the name of Jesus, our Lord. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's message. If you'd like more information about Erie Evangelical Free Church or our ministries, please visit www.eriefree.com or join us in person at 1409 16th Avenue, Erie, Illinois.